Welcome to The Balanced Creative, your go-to podcast for breaking through creative hurdles, finding your authentic self, and banishing burnout. Join us as we explore the nooks and crannies of our daily lives, offering fresh and fun ways to unleash your creativity while maintaining a healthy balance. My name is Shalene Knight, and I am the author of four books. Most recently, Let It Go, Free Yourself from Old Beliefs and Find a New Path to Joy, now out with HarperCollins Canada. I am also founder of my own creative studio, Breathing Space Creative, where we focus on helping folks create the space and energy needed to do all the things they love. The Balanced Creative is edited and produced by Mar Tizak. Let's get started. When was the last time you dreamt of a life that could come from following what you enjoy doing? Did you follow it long enough to start noticing changes within and around you? Or did you take one step in that direction only to turn right around and say, never mind? Hey, we've all done it. There are many different paths to our dreams or many different paths that our dreams can take us down. And it gets overwhelming to change things within our already busy lives. But it won't stop the dream from reoccurring, will it? Even if what you do to achieve this dream changes in detail, it's often motivated by the same drive. In episode two of this season, we discussed the importance of understanding your why and how it can anchor you in moving forward with your craft. Today, we're going to discuss the opposite. Let's figure out what's holding you back by discussing common mistakes creatives make to keep them dreaming small. So I want to start by asking myself, why is dreaming big so scary? And I think we are accustomed to our inner critic kind of being this loud and boisterous voice. We haven't really learned how to quiet this, but this is where I think having a mindfulness practice can actually help. And dreaming is also scary because it means change. It means challenge and it means choice. So when you think about those three things already, that's a lot. What does it mean to have to change something that's already in place? And how do you navigate things that are challenging? And this is going to bring about a whole bunch of different things to choose from. And we all know that decision making uses energy. And that's something that we are trying to be cognizant of. We are trying to curate the way we use our energy. So why is dreaming big so scary? We can't see how following this dream or this journey, we can't see how it's more important than the outcome. So when we think about all the things that we are going to see and learn and absorb along the way, we kind of lose focus of that. And those are the the bits of gold that we want to call back in because we are so focused on the outcome. We're so set on what's on the other side. And that's why we, we tend to dream small. So let's keep on, you know, tugging at this, this thread. And I, I, I want to think about a common belief that I've noticed emerge in many of the clients that I've been working with. 
through my one-on-one coaching. And the thing that often sets clients back from dreaming big is this whole idea of limiting beliefs. So when you are told something over and over and over again, or when you tell yourself something over and over and over again, you begin to believe that. And that belief is so ingrained that it is almost impossible to let it go and to unravel it. So one thing that I've been doing uh, one-on-one with with clients is, is really exploring their unexpected superpowers. And it's funny because I've, I've seen the ripples, uh, the positive ripples that have come from excavating this whole idea of superpowers and really leaning into it. And many of my clients have just had these epiphanies from this superpower exploration, so much so that I've actually dedicated an entire section inside of the Thrive Coaching Program to superpowers because it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I am the master of my own experiences. And this whole idea came from me doing this work myself. And so in my book, Let It Go, I have a chapter called Deep Listening. And in that chapter, I'm leaning into my own superpower, which I've figured out after 40 some odd years of thinking that this characteristic was something negative, I came to learn that my introvert or my introverted personality was actually a superpower. And I reframed that as deep listening. And that deep listening skill set has unlocked so many of my own limiting beliefs that being quiet is a negative thing, that wanting to have intentional quiet space alone was a negative thing. All of that started to unravel and that people who had an introverted personality couldn't be in leadership positions. They can't lead a team. How dare they? They're so quiet. Let's stick them in the back. So this whole narrative started to unravel because I leaned into this superpower or leaned into this limiting belief as a superpower. And it's not easy work. I can, you know, share all of the personal stories I want with you folks, but it's deep intentional work. And uh, that's why it works so well when you have a coach who totally understands how to navigate this. So in the coaching calls, I might look at the client's uh, structural alignment. And if something feels out of alignment, I might ask big questions connected to that. So for example, if it sounds like they aren't living within their truth, And think of truth as the foundation or the ground for this alignment. If you were to picture it as a triangle, think about the bottom of the triangle. That's where the truth sits. I might ask them to dream out what they want their experience to be and what that looks like. And as we are in conversation about that, I'll start to pick up on certain threads and tidbits and I'll get ideas and I'll stitch those together and I'll ask more questions connected to what I've excavated And before you know it, the client's coming into what they can now see as their superpower. And once you have that, once you know that, once you understand it, that is data. And when you have that data, it is so valuable because now you can go and take that data and apply it to different spaces where maybe previously you didn't thrive or you didn't do well in those spaces because you saw that superpower as a limiting belief or a negative narrative or a, you know, a, a not so good thing. 
So we want to be able to to really slow down enough to pay attention to these stories that we've been told over a lifetime. So I'd love to take a minute now and invite you, my amazing, incredible listeners, to turn inwards and try to distinguish for yourself what dreaming big really means. What does that look like for you? Sometimes our own dreams are blurred or muddled by what we see around us. But what we see around us should only inspire. Maybe take a moment to consider what dreaming big actually looks like and feels like for you. I also want to lean into this idea of limitations because I feel like in my own life as a busy creative as a writer who (laughs) loves to explore genres that I have not a lot of experience writing because again that's how you figure out what you're good at and what you enjoy and what gives you energy I like to try different things but I feel like there have been a lot of limitations placed on what I can write, what spaces I can show up in. And, you know, some of these are, are self-imposed. Some of them have just been, you know, amplified just because of, of who I am. But um, I remember, for example, trying to write fiction for the first time and feeling like I had no idea what I was doing. And I told myself, oh, okay, you know, you've never written a full length book of fiction. Who the heck are you? Go stick to poetry and stop trying to dream so big. That's literally what I told myself over and over. But the story that I wanted to write and the way I wanted to tell it spoke louder. I had to listen. And writing my novel, Junie, which again, my first first attempt at fiction And having this book be out in the world now and having so many amazing responses to it, you know, having it be shortlisted and longlisted and winning awards and now being adapted for a TV series, I look back at that old version of myself that was saying quite vividly and and loudly that how dare I I try to write uh, fiction. I look back at that and I say, "Mm, I'm so happy that I allowed my superpower to take over. And, you know, again, my superpower being deep listening. And I wanted to listen to why I wanted to write that story and how can I make that voice louder. So again, folks, you can see all we're trying to do here is to really slow down and to slow down long enough to see the possibilities because dreaming doesn't happen when we are zooming past everything when we are just quick 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 and just focused on being as productive as possible we're skipping over all the opportunities for dreaming so as soon as i was able to unravel that limiting belief again the possibilities presented themselves and that that's what caused the excitement uh, for me but it can be hard because i think many of us are used to being our biggest critics Right. And this whole idea of of making decisions can be quite difficult because of that. So when you're struggling to make a decision, a great way around this procrastination or feeling stuck is to think about the consequences of the procrastination, which often outweigh 
the potential consequences of the decision itself. And that has helped me so much. So for example, if I'm looking to add a new offering to Breathing Space Creative, maybe I want to I want to offer this Thrive coaching program, but I'm I'm nervous. I don't know. What if nobody signs up? What if, you know, it's not a success and I could stay wallowing in in those kinds of what ifs. But what about what would be lost in me, in my heart, in my soul if I didn't try? And because this program meant so much to me, I knew I had to build it. And once I've built it, I could try it out. I could revise it. I could refine it. I could sculpt it. I can do whatever I needed to do. But I wouldn't be able to do any of those things if I didn't build it. So for me, the consequence of not building it was greater than worrying about what would happen once I did. So really try to move slow enough in your decision-making process that you can kind of catch all of those, those, those tidbits. And I think too, when we do that, guess what happens? We're calling in more joy. And that's what we want. When we have this so-called balanced lifestyle, we want to be able to enjoy what we've created for ourselves. And sometimes that's hard because we don't know how to stop pushing the goalpost further ahead. And so what we end up doing is we compare ourselves to our peers, we compare ourselves to our neighbors, and we look at what everyone else is doing. But comparison is the thief of joy. So when I, when I pose this to you folks, how can you be more mindful of your own needs when this whole idea of comparison or this tendency to compare starts to come out? And I say, hey, be in competition with an older version of yourself, always. And because you are going to be in competition with yourself, you aren't going to be worried about what everyone else is doing or using what everyone else is doing as a guide because that's not going to be helpful. Track all the things that increase or enhance your personal growth. Friends, you've heard me talk about this before. I actually have a personal growth tracker where I am mapping out everything, whether it's a self-help book that I've read, me working with a coach, whatever it happens to be, I'm tracking all of that. And that really helps me to feel like, yes, I'm investing in myself. And that feels really great. So again, the joy can come from revisiting that tracker as well. And friends, you have to create your own definition for success. I cannot say that loud enough. I promise you this is so important. This is what makes us lean out of our superpower because we'll look around us and we'll say, oh, so-and-so's doing this or they're doing that. I should be doing that. Why am I not doing that? Or you might say to yourself, oh, you know, my project wasn't successful. But did you really outline for yourself what successful truly looked like? And this will change for every single project. It's easy for you to see and understand your own flaws and your own shortcomings. But because you can't possibly know this about others, you don't see it and you don't know that maybe they've got some other things that they've been working through. We just kind of see the outcome. We don't see their, their journey. So it's really difficult to compare yourselves in that way. And I do not recommend that you do it. Okay, so here's a question for you folks. 
How does resistance to learning something new affect your growth? This is interesting for me because I think it's literally impossible to grow if we don't look back. And so I build my own process for reflection, and I recommend that you do that as well. And if we don't put ourselves out there and learn new things, what does that say about who we are and how we show up? And the best advice I have here is to think about how you want to show up and what you want to prioritize, because this is honestly what we have the most control over. And so when you want to lean into something new, it's going to be scary. It actually might be exciting because it's fresh and new. But we have so much control over how we show up and what we decide to give our time and energy to. And I think this is especially important for the creatives listening because, again, our energy is our currency for the most part. For those of you who are listening who are writers, your income isn't always coming from your writing. So that energy then becomes your currency and you have to use it wisely. And this is a great way to say, for example, you know, I want to focus on learning more about marketing this fall. And if that's something new that you want to call in and that you want to prioritize and then showing up in spaces that allow for that learning and growth, I think that's really important. So when you know what your priorities are, even if they're new things and, you know, you want to lean into that and give your energy to that, how can you show up in spaces or around people or projects that will allow for that kind of learning, even if it's for a limited time, right? So maybe it's for a season that you want to focus on this marketing aspect of, you know, promoting your book or even just something you want to do in your business, being able to show up in the spaces that will amplify that learning. So incredibly important. And while I'm here, I might remind you all to sign up for the Say No With Love workshop. Every season we're offering this free workshop, which is an opportunity to do exactly what I shared with you to prioritize a few things for the season, but to think about how you want to show up and what is that going to look like for you? And how are you then going to build out your say no with love language? How are you going to curate, manage, and shape shift your energy? All of those things are discussed in the say no with love workshop. So what's helped me to stay open to new possibilities and this whole idea of dreaming big? And I will say, I'm not going to lie. I give myself a lot of time to just do nothing. And I think that's hard for many of us. But when I say my calendar is full, it is not full because it is back to back to back meetings. It is full because I've prioritized my silent time. My self-care is in my calendar and it holds space and it holds the same value as my client work or working on my book projects. It's in my calendar at that same level. That's really what you have to do in order to have that, that extra time. So you can't dream big when you're cramming your days full of other things. And it's, it's not easy to do. But again, if you can give yourself, instead of making yourself so completely available to everyone when you are, you know, clocked out of work, maybe you're on your commute home, what do you do when you get home? Are you immediately available to people or do you take 15 minutes for yourself? Because I think if you can't take 10 to 15 minutes for yourself to debrief, something is out of alignment in your life and you need to make some serious adjustments because yes, we are living in a time where we are all so busy 
But if we bypass the opportunity to dream, mm, friends, like what are we doing? The big visioning can't happen when we are doing. We have to exercise an opportunity for being and just being present. So sometimes people will ask me, oh, Shalene, how, how did you build out Breathing Space Creative? And how are you right now working on three books at the same time? And how are you delivering all of these workshops and you have two residencies going at the same time? Oh, and aren't you also a mom? And don't you like to watch Netflix? Like, how do you do all of these things? And it all comes down to essentially my say no with love language. And it is so more, so much more complex than just saying no. There's so many things involved uh, in that. And, and most of it too is just thinking about how I want to show up. There are so many spaces I just don't want to be in because they take my energy and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be there. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So again, this is why I think I consider myself to have a lot of expertise in this area because I've built something for myself that allows for me to show up exactly as I see fit, when I see fit, and to move in ways that nourish me. And that's so valuable. And that's what I want to share with all of you. <sighs> that was a lot. So let's go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a break as well. So I would love to encourage you folks to really think about what your dreams look like, feel like. If they were a texture, how would they feel? How would your dreams feel between your fingers? Do some reflective writing and really give yourself at least 10 to 15 minutes to just dream that. If nothing else, just dream it. And let's go ahead and take some time to slip into a mindset minute. If you could do one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Until next time, don't forget, mindset is everything.